Are the Red Sox the most underrated team in the MLB? You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to welcome you back into the Locked On Red Sox podcast. And thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I'm your host, Jake Nazuski, and here, as always, with my co-host, Nessens Lauren Willand. And you heard it, the question of the day. Are the Red Sox the most underrated team in the MLB? And according to the Locked On Power Rankings, seems that way. The Sox are ranked number 21st uh, against 30 teams in the MLB. And to me, I think they're definitely underrated. I think that there's a lot of teams above them that the Sox are much better than. Yeah, I think that it's, I think they're a little low. It's weird. I just, I don't think that, I don't think they're properly placed, but I don't think they're, they're too far out from where they are right now, just given all the unknowns and going into the season with all, you know, a lot of other teams around them got better, but there are some teams in front of them that I'm like, "Mm, they seem to be a bit higher. And the Orioles are a tough one because no, no one expected to be expected them to be what they were last year, but I, I don't, I think they'll be about the same, maybe a little bit better, but I do absolutely agree that the Red Sox are underrated this year for good reason. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns. We've talked about all these unknowns at length throughout the off season. We still talk about them and the what ifs and how that, even though they look really good in spring training, it still needs to transfer over to regular season games. We already saw kind of Kike Hernandez struggle at shortstop after coming back from the WBC, but that's just, you know, that, that's a readjustment. That's Kike Hernandez. He's an incredible athlete. There's going to be no, no reason to worry about that long-term, but there are legitimate worries about this team long-term, but I do think 21 is a bit low and these were voted on by our, our locked on hosts. So I, I think we have beef with some of these people all <laughs> of a sudden they're all lovely people, but I think we have beef now. Well, cause I'm looking at it and you know, the Cubs are at 22 and the Cubs are a team that I think are drastically underrated with the moves that they made during the offseason. But but you brought it up with, with the Sox. Like, it's it's understandable why they're at the place that they were obviously finishing uh, last in the AL East last season. All the what-ifs, you know, losing Xander Bogards, losing J.D. Martinez in the lineup, the lack of power, the question marks in the rotation. You know, how is Kike going to play at shortstop? How will Christian Arroyo play at second base? You know, what hole will Trevor Story leave with him being injured? And also you got to bring up as well, you know, all the injuries in the rotation beginning the season. But I just look at, you know, under the Cubs, it's the Marlins at 23, the Royals at 24, and the Pirates at 25. And just like looking at it from where the Red Sox are at 21 down, like there's a massive disconnect in terms of, you know, the depth and and good how good the team really is from the Red Sox at 21 down to, you know, the Marlins and the Pirates at 23 and 25. Oh, the poor Pirates. Poor Ethan at Locked On Pirates. <laughs> he suffered enough. But, yeah, I mean, you know, there is there are injuries. There's a lot of que- questions with people like Chris Sale, even, you know, Mazataka Yoshida, and just how this – how they're going to bounce back from last year when, on paper, it kind of looks like the moves they made didn't really make this team better. And there's, you know, a ton of questions about the lineup, about the rotation. It's funny going into the season, maybe one of the 
the question marks that's kind of been erased is the bullpen when that was the biggest thing in the off season. And last year when we just spent, I felt like every episode just being like, when, when is this bullpen going to get fixed? Like death taxes, bullpen blew the game. And, you know, you don't know how Tristan Costas is going to, who, to pan out. I'm sure he'll be fine, but there's, there's so many things that need to go right for this team. But even looking at the rankings and looking at where some other teams fall on this list, and you can look at this all. We did retweet it from the Locked On Red Sox Twitter account, so you can go chime in as well and see if you agree, disagree. But, I mean, there's teams. And the Cubs are a funny team because I don't know. I don't I, – I, I was reading some, like, crazy predictions for them this year, like the bold predictions that a lot of outlets do, and one was that they're going to win the NL Central and – I was like, I don't, I would, I love, I love bold. I love bold predictions. That's what makes them kind of fun is because they're outside the box or they're, they're kind of out there. But I'm just like, I think if I'm looking at, you know, quote unquote, bad teams or teams, teams that are lower ranked on this rankings, I'm putting the Red Sox above a majority of them. And like I said, I don't think they're like too far low, but I would expect like, 15 16 I would expect a little bit more uh bumped up just a little bit but uh, rankings are rankings are weird rankings are fun because we're gonna go back in in October September October and look at this and be like wow they were so wrong or wow they were so right and I, I think when we do look at them in October the, the Sox would definitely be in the top 15 like there's no doubt about it yeah, uh, in my mind, because w- when you look at it, you know, the Angels are at 14. You know, obviously we saw showcase, show, showcase, you know, who he is and the magnificent talent that he is last night in the WBC championship. But, you know, to me, just looking at their depth chart, I, I really don't know how they got better. Yes, they got Brandon Drury. Like he had a breakout season last year. They got Tyler Anderson. But outside of that, I don't know how that makes them you know, a losing team to now be a top 15, top 14 team in the league. Like, I just don't get it. And I wonder, too, if some of it has to do with, you know, Mike Trout, Shoei Otani. But we've seen for the last how many years and before even Otani came to Major League Baseball that the Angels are just wasting away Mike Trout in his yeah. prime. And listen, it's his choice to stay there. He And I uh, applaud him. That's what he wants to do. He wants to stay there. That's where he's cozy. That that's great. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shame him for that. But the Angels, like, it just maybe it's just because they've done this so much where it's like you you're, you have two of the argu- arguably the best players in the league, and you can't make the playoffs. You should be postseason favorites, World Series favorites. You should be building your team around them, and these two people should be enough for the Angels to be like, we need to go out and get them help build a, a winning team around them because we don't want them to leave. I don't think they have that worry about trout, but Otani might leave next year in the off season. That's, a, that's one of the biggest storylines going into this, but I think, I mean, I think the Red Sox are better than the angels. Maybe there's a little bit of a bias there, but I also think that we've seen over the last few years who the angels are. And I, I just feel like no matter who they get, they're not really improving. They're not building the team around who they should be building around. And I think, you know, when you just look at the piece of paper of the roster, when you see, you know, Rendon, you know, you, you try and channel it back to what he was able to do with the Nationals. But what has he done since he signed that huge contract right. with the Angels? Nothing, just sit on his butt injured. You know what I mean? And I, I think, you know, that ranking of the Angels at 14 is more of 
what they should be rather than what they are. And I, I think, you know, the same thing could ring, ring true uh, with the Rangers. You know, obviously you look at that rotation, Nathan Navaldi, you know, Jacob DeGrom, uh, you, you know, but, you know, John Gray. But, like, the, the thing is, is, like, a lot of those guys are injury prone. And so we saw what happened last year with the Rangers after they spent over $500 million in free agency. It didn't pan out. And so right. with, with any sort of, you know, team that spends a lot of money and, you know, has the high expectations going into it, injuries happen. So I, I really don't think that, you know, the Rangers are exactly at that 17 spot, maybe a tiny bit lower. Then you brought up the Orioles too. What did they do in the offseason? I really don't know how they got better, like to be quite honest with you. And yes, it was, a, in my opinion, it was semi a fluke how good they were last year. But yes, you're probably going to see more guys continue to develop. But at the same time, rookies struggle as well. You know, their number one pro pitching prospect, Rodriguez, he could struggle out of the gate as well. Adley Rutschman, yes, he could take a step forward, but I really don't see them at that number 18 position. And the same could ring true for the Red Sox. I mean, Tristan Costas could really struggle as his first full true. season. And the same, you know, maybe maybe that was some of it in the way that people voted. We don't know how people voted. We we don't we don't see the we only see the the graphic. We only see the results. So we don't know how how people each individual placed the teams, but maybe that was some of it too where not necessarily last year was a fluke for the Orioles, but more of a, a a picture of what's to come and that the future, the future is bright for them. It's slowly but surely, but they will get to be a, a more competitive team. And we did see glimpses of that last year, but there's just, there's a lot of unknowns with them too. And there's a lot of unknowns with the angels and the Red Sox. And maybe it was just a matter of, of the voters just kind of being like plug and play. It doesn't really matter. Um, because right now these teams to them might seem kind of on the same wavelength where there's just so much unknown and so much that, that could go right for these teams, but also maybe they're leaning more toward what could go wrong for these teams because all off season, I mean, I haven't paid too much attention, you know, to the, the angels market and the Orioles markets or anything like that, but it, you know, it's been negative around the Red Sox and we've been negative about the Red Sox as well. And we've had our, our down moments and maybe, there's more of those in the Orioles and the Angels organization. And maybe there is more reason to be excited about these two teams. Maybe I need to do a deep dive on the, the AL East and or not even I mean, angels are obviously aren't in the AL East, but just deep dive on the, the 20, 20 through 30 teams. And, you know, we, we've been focusing a lot where the Red Sox are, but last thing that I wanted to say about this Braves at number one, that was a Go little bit Braves. surprising to me, uh, you know, because outside of, you know, Sean Murphy, them adding him, you know, they lost Dansby Swanson, you know, it, it, the Grissom kid who was supposed to fill in for him at shortstop just got optioned down to AAA. So, you know, they, they could have, you know, some some uh, rookies struggle out of the gate as well. Who knows? But like I was a little bit surprised with, with them at one. And especially with how much, you know, not only the Padres, the Mets did as well. You know, I, I didn't really think that, you know, the, the Diaz injury and, you know, the Nimmo injury really you know, pushed the Mets back that far. Yeah, that's another, I think the Mets and maybe it's just because with Edwin Diaz and the whole like Mets going to Met kind of thing, like maybe that has something to do with it. But the Braves, I mean, good for them. Good for the, good for the Braves getting our, our number one spot on the locked on rankings, but they are an interesting team because I mean I feel like we could say this about every team, right? That they could they could be good, but they have I mean the talent is there, even though they have lost significant talent in the offseason, but it's it's there. I think they have a good pipeline as well. But 
I'm really looking forward to even just going you know, halfway into the season at the all-star break and going back on these rankings and seeing True. how, how good they are, how, how good they look, or if there's going to be a lot of uh, changes that need to be made in those rankings. I think, I think as well, you know, I remember myself in 2021 when the Sox had the best record in the league going into the all-star break. You hate us because you ain't as we're winning the world <laughs> series. And, you know, we always say, you know, all-star break, who, who knows, uh, you know, exactly how it's all going to play out with the rankings, but that doesn't fully define obviously how a team's going to, you know, play out the 162, especially with what we saw the Nationals able to do win a World Series when they had a losing record going into the All-Star break. So very curious to see how everything does shake out in terms of these rankings. But as Lauren said, let us know over on Twitter your thoughts on if you think the Red Sox, you know, placing in these rankings are accurate or if you think they should either be higher or lower. But Voice your opinions over on Twitter. But one player who's going to play a huge role in the Red Sox success throughout this season is Chris Sale. And we're going to speak more about his second start of the spring in our second segment. But before we do that, I just want to talk to you about game time. So with game time, honestly, I was super excited when I found out that they were going to be one of our sponsors. This is honestly an app that I use Pretty much all the time when I'm whether looking, I'm looking for a concert, a baseball game to go to. And there was actually an instance I was walking into Citizens Bank Park. Like this is a legit story. And my dad and I had brought, bought our tickets on game time because especially with game time, when you're, you know, a few hours out, you know, even even a day out from the event, you can get tickets way cheaper than any other place. And I was walking into Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia with my dad. And there was a guy with his son walking in, and they didn't have tickets yet. And, you know, they were starting to freak out. You know, we, we were a few feet away from, from the stadium. And I said to him, I'm like, you got to check out game time right now. Like the tickets are probably like two to five bucks. Like we were only like an hour out from the game. And he was able to get tickets for like five bucks. And it was it was an absolute steal going to see Bryce Harper. I believe they were playing the Nationals as well, but it was it was a, not only a great game, but you know a great example of how game time can really help you not only buy tickets for your favorite events, but it shouldn't be stressful. You should be able to find tickets for great prices, easy and fast, just like I explained right there. And with killer deals, you know, last minute tickets, especially if you know a friend hits you up, hey, you want to go to a game? Game time is the place to get them. As I mentioned, great example. You can get tickets super cheap just like the thing that I mentioned. You can also get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect. There's a lot of times when I go to games and I sit down, it looks way different than it is on the website. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Even in Fenway, like you'll get you'll get tickets for like 25 bucks and the pole is like right in, right in front of you. And you're like, oh, that's why it was so cheap. But with game time, you can actually see where you're going to sit before you buy the tickets. So snag tickets without any stress with game time. Download the game time app and create an account. Use the code Locked On. For $20 off your first purchase. I'm definitely going to use that. Terms and conditions may apply. Again, create an account and redeem your code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. One player, like I said, who's going to play a massive impact for the Red Sox rotation's success going into the season. Had a little bit of a rough second start. You know, there's a lot of optimism, a lot of excitement when Chris Sale first took the mound this past spring training. He had a huge smile on his face. There was a lot of energy. Chris Sale is back. You know, he's back and dominant, you know, with his sidearm, with his insane slider. Whew, slider didn't look 
super great uh, a few days ago pitched five innings his longest start of the spring it was nice to see him get stressed out a little bit but we also saw him allow nine hits six earned runs one walk and two strikeouts better now than uh in the regular season which i'm sure that you know this is going to happen in the regular season but a positive to take away from that is that his velocity was still up there it's 95 96 so there clearly was not an issue of velocity it was just command maybe maybe it was just the the pitchers were just reading him uh, the, i'm sorry the batters were, were uh reading him very very well and you know, this is going to happen he hasn't pitched in a, a long time he's getting himself stretched out he's getting himself back on a five game five day kind of rest and rotation schedule and he's just trying to remain healthy and it was still really good to see him go five innings it was still good to see him with the velocity and you know he holds himself accountable like he does every every bad start every off start so i mean like i said better better in spring training than to see this on his first start in in the regular season which is now we know for sure confirmed game two of the season but hopefully we get a, a game game one performance from him in game two so one thing i didn't mention the, the team that we were we weren't crapping on them but we, we were saying they weren't as good as you know most people think that they are the baltimore orioles in the first <laughs> of segment. course that's what them. we were saying this happened against the Orioles, and I had the same exact sort of perspective when I saw the stats come out. I was a little bit disappointed. I'm like, shoot, you know, I, I, I was hoping Sale would be able to capitalize off of his first start. It's a little bit more stretched out, you know, going against like the full-fledged like starting lineup for the Orioles. Like, this is going to be a good test. And, you know, it showed the Orioles continue to have his number. I mean, I don't know if you remember back in 21 when he came back from – TJ, but I mean, they had his number. I, I forget exactly what the score was, but they ran up the score, and that's when they were still in the rebuilding mode. I was like, oh boy, this is a little bit scary. But I had the same mindset of, you know, now he has a week. Go look at the tape. He can understand what didn't go right. And, you know, as a fan, you want to stay optimistic with that perspective, but at the same time, he's going to be going against the same exact lineup, the same exact team in eight days. It's not a lot of time to really fix things. It's not. And there's always going to be teams that are just so good against the pitcher. You think of Raphael Devers against Garrett Cole. And this goes across all sports. I mean, when Barry Trotz, no matter what team he coached, they could have been the worst team in the league. They would beat the crap out of the Bruins. The Barry Trotz had the Bruins number. <laughs> Don't know. He's not coaching right now. And I'm if he's going to coach the Bruins, I'll be fine with it. But I'm glad that he's in semi-retirement right now as a Bruins <laughs> fan. But it's kind of like that with Chris Sale and the Orioles where they're just able to knock him around and they just, maybe it's because, I mean, they, they see him a lot more than other teams, but then you look at the other teams in the AL East, then he doesn't have this seem to have this kind of problem with, with the Rays or anyone else in, in the division, but hopefully it's just uh, the 2023 is the, the turning the page of, the Orioles just beating up on them. And hopefully this is a good way to come out and start the season strong. And it's a good way to kind of exercise those demons really quickly. And I think another thing to point out is time and time again, we, we've seen Chris sale have a tough start like this and, and come back resilient. You know, he, he's a guy that doesn't like losing. You know, he doesn't like, uh, you know, a poor performance. You obviously saw that, you know, when, when he made his rehab start in Worcester, he had like 
four or five walks and you know everybody knows the clip that i'm talking about not very happy after that performance not to say hopefully he didn't do that in in this past performance but you know he he's he gets very motivated going into his next start to dominate and it's maybe it's a good thing that he's he's playing the orioles in eight days he'll he'll get sort of the devil off of his back and, and you know be able, be able to dominate actually in games that matter. And, you know, it, it, he's, he's able to add to his stats for the regular season, you know, and luckily you mentioned, luckily this was, you know, spring training and not the regular season. So, you know, he doesn't have six earned runs docked onto his statistics for the 2023 season. But this, this is something to, I guess, you know, not take super seriously, but also I feel like the hype has gone back a tiny bit in terms of Chris Sale going back to his dominant self in 2023. And it just adds a little bit to my nervousness for the rotation starting the season, especially with the report of Garrett Whitlock, you know, having to wait one to two more turns around the rotation and then Paxton, who knows exactly when he's going to come back. And so just makes me a little bit weary. My man, Michael J. Fox in season three of Scrubs once said, expect the unexpected and you'll never be surprised. And that's just how I'm going to approach this season with the lineup, with the rotation, with all the question marks, the injuries. And I'm just going to continue to say that in my head over and over and over again. I'll have Michael J. Fox's voice in my head for 162 games. I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And, you know, I, I, th- I think as well, you know, being able to have that mindset and, and also being able to, you know, take this start with a grain of salt and not look too, too much into it. Like, like we always say over analyzing spring training. I think is good as well, but very curious to see what he is able to do in his second in the second game of the season. You know, in his first start fully back with the Sox uh, in regular season during the 2023 year. But another player who has a lot of pressure on him, Masataki Yoshida, but coming off of a huge WBC. And I, I think, you know, when you really look at it, 409 batting average set a record with 13 RBIs and especially how clutch he came up. You know, this shows that Yoshida comes up in the big moments in the Japanese series. He was not only a champion during then hit two home runs in game five and also including a walk-off. And then the WBC, he hit a game tying three run home run in the semifinals. And then two days ago became a champion as well. He was so much fun to watch throughout this throughout this series. And when we had John Morosi on, he kind of alluded to that where that, you know, this he was going to be playing with a lot of familiar faces and he was going to be kind of back in his element. But my my thing with him is that he barely struck out. He struck out one time. And at one point he had gone like 13 plate appearances without striking out. And he was so to me that I'm just like, that's just a huge staff that I think we should be highlighting more because he's mm-hmm. not, he's working, he's working counts. He's not swinging at pitches. I mean, everyone's going to swing at pitches. You shouldn't swing at, but it was, I didn't it was, see him do that once. It, it was impressive to watch him at the plate. And I, I hope this translates well. I was dying laughing because on Wednesday when he returned to spring training, he was like, I am tired. And I was like, Oh, same. I didn't play in the world baseball classic, but I'm still tired. And he said it in English. So he's, you know, his, his English funny. is coming along. It's that's, that's, you know, the, the least of his worries right now, but I am, I'm really excited to see how this translates over because he was so much fun to watch. I think all the Red Sox were, were so much fun to watch, but especially mm-hmm. him, especially there's so many eyes on him. He was the, the big signing in the off season. You know, five years is a long time to commit to someone that, you don't really know if they will 
be a, a, a good fit for the team. And he seems like he will be, but someone, I mean, there's a ton of unknowns surrounding Yoshida as well, but incredible WBC for him. It has to feel good coming back uh, a champion and being able to represent your country and then come home with a, um, with the, you know, um, a, a medal or the, the, the winner, the championship. I, my brain is melting, but it was, it was fun to see just how much fun he was having and his teammates right. and, this tournament is just fun. It's just a, a, a really exciting time for the players, for fans, and especially international fans who don't get to watch a lot of these players year-round. And I think especially exactly how everything ended up panning out, you know, for the set during the semifinals, during the championship, the energy, the excitement. I, th- I think it really showed all the haters that people do actually care about the WBC. And, you know, even though March Madness is also happening on, Baseball fans, true baseball fans, really care about and love the World Baseball Classic. And, you know, the other thing with Yoshida that I think he showed uh, a great ability of is his outfield fundamentals. Like, this is really, like, kind of the first time that we got to see him playing left field right. at a daily basis. Yes, you got to see a few, like, fly balls in spring training, but they were right at him. But you really got to see sort of his ability to not only track balls, but, you know, he also threw out a runner at home. Maybe not the exactly best throw, but it was still a nice throw and he got the out. And I think as well, Cora also pointed out, you know, he's got style. He's got swag. And yeah. I, I think especially early on uh, in, in his young major league career, he's got to show that personality. He's got to show that swag and uh, use that to his advantage to, you know, really be able to help him get as comfortable as possible uh, in the majors. I think my favorite thing from the WBC is that P-Dave from the Boston Globe tweeted that the Baseball Hall of Fame collected Yoshida's bat for to put in there to put in their Hall of Fame for the cool. um, in Cooperstown. So I thought that was a lot of fun because he had such a good, a st- strong bat, and he was like, "Hmm, maybe he should have kept it. Maybe he should have." <laughs> brought that back with him but it's something like that is it's a small gesture but it's really cool and that kind of highlights just how strong he was in the WBC and I feel like for as much as a lot of people were wondering how he would play in the outfield I feel like there wasn't a whole lot of talk about it it was just a lot of people watching a lot of fun baseball and watching good highlights good highlight reels and watching Yoshida hit home runs and showcase that power that we've heard so much about and now we got to see it and it's real and it, he, it could it be real. a problem for this Red Sox lineup. A good problem. It could be a problem for opponents. A bad problem. And the funny thing, too, is anytime he came up, like, obviously during the championship, like, I was rooting for USA. But there was, there was a part of me, anytime Yoshida came up to the plate, I just wanted to see him do well. I just wanted to see him do something good. And when I was watching it with my friends, like, why are you rooting for this guy? I'm like, he's he's on the socks. Like, I, I want to see him do good. I want to continue to, like, tweet things like I told you so or, like, Oh, what are all the people that said that he was worth half the money? And just, and just sort of go off, you know, and 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 continue to um, see this guy flourish in these big moments like this to sort of get a glimpse of what he might do uh, with the Red Sox. But you know, it was it was nice to see him, you know, do what he was able to do in the World Baseball Classic. So it you know leads to potential momentum going into opening day. Uh, I had the opportunity to ask the Sunday Night Baseball crew of Carl Ravish and Eduardo Perez a little bit about. Do they think the Red Sox are the most underrated team in the MLB, as well as their thoughts on Masataki Yoshida's performance in the WBC? Before we go into that, Lauren just wants to talk to you about FanDuel. March Madness is heating up. A ton of brackets are already just completely busted. I didn't do one this year. I saved myself the heartbreak. But 
March Madness. We are in full swing, and it's the perfect time right now to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, especially now that mobile betting is legal and it's live in Massachusetts. And new customers on FanDuel get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, and that is bonus bets. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So you just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It is super easy to use. doesn't make you feel like you're new to betting or a first-time better if that's what you are. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. I like taking the money line. It's just kind of my go-to bet. I am usually betting on Patrice Bergeron or David Pasternak scoring. I am not a March Madness person. I'll watch it, but I am not... I don't know who's going to win. I'm not going to pick a money line because I am just, I'm not there. Maybe next year I'll do it, but I'll do Bruins money line. But FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So do not miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Appreciate you guys taking the time. Um, I was just curious, uh, which team do you currently think is underrated and has the best chance to perform them better than most expect? Yeah, Jake, since you, what's the name of the, uh, the, the, the program or podcast that you work on? Red Sox, what? Locked on Red Sox. So, yeah, look, that, that, that team is, uh, is one of those that, if 100% of the things go right, then they'll be competitive. And one of those 100% of the things they already have in a manager that, that has been able to, to work, I won't say miracles, but he's been able to squeeze the most out of an orange that didn't appear to have any juice left in it. That, that would be an, uh, an ultimate sort of upset story if they could compete with the Yankees and the Blue Jays. I, I think the Rays are probably going to take a little step backwards personally. So I think that that benefits them in the balanced schedule probably benefits them because the offense is, is still fairly dynamic, but that's a hundred percent where everything is going to go right. And the risk in going third in a group of three is I would have said the Texas Rangers, I think are really interesting. And when you see the Chicago Cubs lineup today, the names on it make you think that they got a chance. Tyone pitched really well the other day. So uh, they have a chance too, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you the Red Sox given some of the names that they have there, but, Boy, I wish it was as a Red Sox person, if I were, 2012 again, and they had that starting staff. That'd be a lot better. Appreciate it, and guys. I, I, I'll add this really quick. Yoshida, in person, saw him pretty darn impressed. Really impressed with the way he can recognize, uh, you know, just and slow everything down, even with the timer. He's. I, I was really impressed with his ability uh, to get to, to the ball. Appreciate it. I did want to say, wasn't expecting you guys to say the Red Sox, but I appreciate you mentioning it. <laughs> I'm a native Massachusetts guy. I have to mention that, Jack. I love it. Appreciate it. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Eduardo Perez and Carl Ravish. And I don't know about you. I thought it was kind of cool that out of nowhere, uh, Eduardo Perez was like, just so you know, that Yoshida guy is pretty good. I, I'd even bring him up. I know. I was like, yes, that's what people want to hear, too. Like, that is that's exciting. And it's it should get fans even more excited about Yoshida, especially after the performance in the WBC. So that was that was really good to hear and a pleasant surprise. And, you know, one one thing, you know, going into that conversation, like they mentioned I was part of Locked On Red Sox. I even said I 
I wasn't expecting you to bring up the Red Sox, but it's nice that you did. Makes me feel a little bit better, a little bit more confident going into the season. And what's nice as well is, you know, starting to get some of the WBC guys back, starting to jive. You know, we've talked about over the last few days how important that is with building momentum going into opening day. But it's also nice to see some encouraging injury updates. These seem to happen, you know, almost every single day. Obviously, unfortunate what happened with Joey Rodriguez. But continue the positivity, continue the the good updates. Connor Wong had a good one uh, going into today. He's supposed to be full go today, according to Alex Cora. An interesting tidbit. Cora said uh, yesterday morning that he thinks that there's a chance that Connor Wong could start the season on the active roster. And we've said multiple times, he does have the options. We've said multiple times with Alforo, the vibes, the, the hit tool is great. But I, I thought it was interesting that Cora even you know mentioned that he could have a possibility. Yeah, and I, Cora said that he's not he's not above taking three catchers on the roster as well. But it that's a really positive thing. Hamstring injuries are tough, and I think the safest I thought the safest thing would be to send Connor Wong to Worcester and just let him get some reps down there. But if he's doing enough to make the roster, that's what Cora is going to do. And does that mean Alfaro's the odd man out? I mean, I hope not. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed him all all spring training. But you're going to make the best decisions for this team, and Cora certainly will do that. And, you know, that, that, that I think is going to be the biggest thing to watch, uh, not only, you know, o- over the next two days, you know, we've brought up March 25th multiple times, but they got to make a decision on Tapia and Alfora. Like that, yep. that's just a matter of, that's Time's just the reality. Ticking. And so, you know, not only that, uh, but then you also look at, you know, opening day uh, tomorrow, going into tomorrow is, is uh, one week away. And so time's ticking as well on that as well. And so you're going to see a lot of different decisions Everything finally starts to come together. All the overanalyzing sort of hushed a little bit in in terms of, you know, Red Sox spring training. The answers are luckily going to start coming more and more. And, you know, if you want to be able to stay updated and hear more of those answers and more of those updates regarding the Red Sox team going into opening day, make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Red Sox over on YouTube or whatever audio platform that you listen to. We post this podcast five days a week to not only update you about everything that's happening surrounding the team, discuss some of the biggest storylines, but also we love having on different guests. If you haven't listened yet, Coop Leonard and I spoke about uh, our breakout candidates, two different parts, great conversation. And we're going to continue to try and have more guests on like that to give you more in-depth analysis as possible. But also make sure to follow us over on Twitter. It's LO underscore Red Sox, not only so you can get involved in some of the different episodes, but also if you want to look at the rankings that we talked about earlier in the episode, you can look at that over there. We love to hear some of your reactions because I know I was really a little bit upset when I first saw it. So we want to want to hear your guys' thoughts. But also make sure to follow myself. It's Jake Iggy, as well as Lauren. It's La La La. Three laws, Lauren, with four R's. But we want to thank you so much for making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every single day. Now make your second listen and check out Fantasy Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they continue the best fantasy draft strategies. You can find Lockdown Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and over on YouTube. And I just ended up getting the date for my fantasy baseball league. So I've been tuning into that over the last few days or so. Got got to got to be educated. Got to study up. Got to make sure whether, you know, you're doing it for money or whether you're just doing it for fun. We we all know how the bragging rights work in our, in our friend group. So if you want to kick some butt in, in your fantasy baseball league, make sure to go over and check out Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. But 
We greatly appreciate everybody tuning in to Locked On Red Sox. As always, we'll end it how we always end it. Keep the faith and let's go Sox. Peace.